I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Well, hi, Travis. How you doing, sir? Oh, my God. Do we have to do this again? Yes. Always. That is that is the rule. Once you get cursed to do a podcast, you're not allowed to stop. Otherwise, you're a quitter and a failure. And we are neither, my friend. I mean, I could be, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to avoid that for now and instead talk about this thing. Indeed, we rolled a thing. And, and I think this is a one of those subjects that people have a lot of opinions about. What, what we rolled up today is character death and what does death mean in games and RPGs. And I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts about this. I've spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about this. I mean, that's pretty good because I've got, you know, maybe one and a quarter thoughts on this. So uh, that's cool. All right. Um, it's just called Death of Characters, though, right? That's what we had written down? Yes, correct. So there, there wasn't like a, a, a starting bent to it. There wasn't any kind of thing and no question. No, no real question, but that's just it. When you say... Just like, what's the impact? Yeah, when you talk about... Like, it's funny because here's a question. Should you kill characters in games? The answer is yes. Is the answer yes always? When, right? Because that's always the next question. When, how often, and people have very, very different perspective on this. Like, somebody listening to this... I mean, I suppose there are, there are times in which the game does not have death in the way we think of death, but it has a setback that's the worst setback in the game, and that should still happen. There's whatever whatever the, the, the highest penalty of the game, uh, the gamey game part of the game is, should always be explored. Right? Like, mechanically speaking, that's why you build these mechanics, so that they can be explored. I think so, yes. But I think that, I think people often have some very hard opinions on this, who haven't thought in as deeply about it. So right now there is somebody listening to this. Who's like, I let the dice fall where they may. My GM rolls the dice out in the open. And if he kills us, he just kills us. Right? Like I've talked to these players. I know these people. I know these GMs, right? Well, our, our one listener is going to fall down on one of the two sides. Yeah. Right. Or there's the other, th then there are people who like, just obviously will, will fudge to avoid killing a character. Yeah. Uh, and, there are people with lots of varying opinions about how games should treat death. So let me raise this. Let me real quick. Let me get something out here. We have often talked in the past about how, from a game design perspective, death is one of the critical things you need to think about in how common you make it, how easy to avoid, and how how possible to come back from. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, it's a a basic tone discussion exactly uh, when, when you're talking about death um when you're designing rpg yeah yep and i think it's the easiest when you put it on the ends of the spectrum like i don't think that this question is interesting when you look at the ends of the spectrum what i mean by that is let's take four color superheroes okay so like a big bold superhero game death yeah. probably isn't really a thing in the true sense of the word like superheroes don't die often and when they do it's really, really important or a big deal, and they're only going to be dead for a short time before they come back. Right, but but they're often treated as, instead of just that death being a big deal, it's the rebirth that's more important. Right, yes. Like, what comes out on the other side of death when, it, when you're in a place that death isn't as meaningful? Right, exactly. Like, 
Hal Jordan dying was less interesting. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, for people who don't read comics, coming back as the Spectre and then eventually as Green Lantern was interesting, right? You're talking about Ryan Reynolds? I am talking about Ryan Reynolds, yes. When yeah, he didn't, I, I didn't really care that much about him. Sure. Um, now let's go to the other end of the spectrum, shall we? Uh, and let's talk about, like, dungeon crawl classics and, you know, some hardcore sword and sorcery. Where it's like, you roll five characters or whatever, you know, at the start of the game. Because four of them aren't going to make it to level two. Right? Yeah. And th- th- those, there's, they're not coming back. Resurrection? Ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha chortle laugh. Right? Like that's no. That's a that's a funny joke you're saying there. Death is death and it's permanent and forever. Right. Yeah, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, if if someone's resurrected in a sword and sorcery thing, it's usually in a really grisly way that's uh, not good. Yes. Yeah, like correct. bad things happen when they come back. It's like, a pet cemetery situation. Right. It's not a good deal. Yeah. Excellent point. You got me on that one. I I agree then. I'm just that. saying things come back. It's just not always the right way yes okay that's fair i back wrong yeah um so i i agree with that i think on those ends of the spectrum because they're so tonally sort of consistent and set that the question almost becomes meaningless right the answer is almost part of the question it's like well because of what we're doing this is how death is and this is how easy it should be to come back it's it's all right there but the problem to me is in that big middle, right? And let's be honest, that middle's pretty big. Like classic D and D falls into that middle ground, right? You think so? You don't think it's on the uh, on the easy end of the spectrum, like the easygoing end? I don't, because here's the thing: I think so. Pe- I think so many different people have a different vision of this. People who maybe played primarily during like first edition time probably see it more toward the sword and sorcery side where they were used to like having lots of characters die and not come back and losing levels and having things mm-hmm. be really dark. And yeah, I've, I've, I remember experiencing a, a, a couple of games in my formative years in which the uh, the GM had us specifically roll three characters to start every campaign out. Um, because we were basically guaranteed to at least go through one, so we needed to have backups ready to go to insert, you know, in the middle of a game. Right. And now, at the same time, I think you and I's main formative years was probably on second edition. And one thing I talked about, you know, some time ago, Trav, when 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 I started really plumbing into this and thinking about this really, really deeply, you remember I came to you and we had a long conversation about character death, and I said, how often did your characters die in second edition, right? Because there's all this discussion that's happened around like save or die spells and how hard should it be to die and how much should it be relying on one dice roll and all this, all this intellectual wankery. And what did, what did you tell me? What was the story you told me when I said, did you have characters die often? Do you remember? Uh, no, not at this point. No, you caught me on a bad day. That's okay. Uh, My character died before we started this episode. (laughs) Oh, we're speaking to your ghost right now. Yeah, like well, it has no idea what's going on. Sure, let me see if I can resurrect your memory. I know then. we had conversations about it. Yes. Um, lots of them, but... Yep. The story that you told me, and, and you know, uh, my co-host on my weekly show for Warhammer it also was there and had had a similar story, and he had the exact same experiences, which were very different than mine. Mm-hmm. Tom, with, yeah. Tom, yes. Which was, um, which was, you guys died all the time. You had, you had plenty of yes. death. Yeah. But you also often had raised dead or, you know, resurrection. Like you, 
they were available. You had to maybe do something, go somewhere, find someone, pay someone, right? I'm not saying it was just like punch a button, but it was a right. Thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that, that's that's what I experienced. I'm sure of it. Um, most of the time, I didn't have a sideboard of characters ready to go. I if I died, it either either meant that I would you know have to wait a little while to get resurrected in some way, or rarely I would choose to make that death permanent and then play another character because I was done with the one I was playing before. Right. So yeah, it was ne- it was never like a um, uh, a really bad situation where it's just like die. Oh, okay, I'm dead again. I'm trying to make another character where it gets, you know, kind of a uh, bogged down. It was just, it was pretty smooth and you can get to know your, you know, you have time to get to know your character and, you know, you're not going to be feeling bad about losing that character because you probably won't. That's what most of my early games were like. Right. And, and here's the thing to me, the, so, so I'll, let me put forward my thesis statement. You need to be very careful in your game with how you kill characters ever and you need to be very careful with how you think about resurrection to me these two things should be used lightly it, it, it lightly and rarely okay and i think that the excuse of let the dice fall is lazy gming i don't know i can't agree with you i, I like i have to disagree with you um there are styles of games that it, it works for I mean, I, I think I think maybe maybe three weeks ago or so, we had a little discussion, you and I and Tom, and we talked a little bit about what we like to have in games, uh-huh. and Tom and I expressed that we both enjoyed the uh, the tactical strategy elements of third edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That that it was fun for us to you know move figs around on a on a you know battle mat and figure out what was a, the best way to attack a situation with the abilities we had available. Uh-huh. In games like that, sometimes it's okay to let the dice fall because that's part of the fun. Um, having, having that risk versus reward situation come up and actually matter uh, makes you feel good uh, when you overcome a difficult situation or it, it makes you, you know, rethink what you're going to do because you don't want to lose your character. Um, I don't know. I think, I think sometimes it's okay to let the dice fall if that's the kind of game you're playing and those are the kind of players you're playing with. Well, let me ask you a question then, Trav, in response to that, because Please, you, yes. you, you really couched that with sometimes, okay? Yes, you, that's absolutely a sometimes thing. I don't like to, I don't like those big sweeping generalizations. So. Sure, well, I, I, I like to advance some bold statements on my thesis statements. So let me ask you a question, Trav. When you were playing Miramoto Kaigen in my Oriental Adventures game I ran, and you ran in the door uh, to the bad guy, and I had a, a perhaps clever, perhaps dickish trap placed for you, on the other side of the door, so I knew that the first yes, person the, who charged yeah, yeah. in would hit that, right? Yes, and 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 you you had to have known that would be me. So it was I, a I, specific Travis trap. It was like this is a trap for Travis. You, perhaps you didn't put that much thought into it of who was going to run in first, but it I did not put that much thought obvious. into it. I did not. I did not put that much thought into it. I right. thought this is a clever thing the bad guy is going to do because he's a clever bad guy. Okay. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so I had a death trap. Like, instead of on the door, within the room of the bad guy, it was two squares into the room. So the door was untrapped. PCs kick open the door, see the bad guy. Whoever charges him hits the death trap. Travis is playing a very brave fighter, samurai, whatever. <clears throat> charges in, fails his role, dead. I should also note that this was 
a very narratively relevant moment as your character was like a samurai <laughs> lord who had lost his his lordship and had had to go you know ronin and whatever because of what this this demon had done so it was this like ultimate confrontation between the force of good and the force of evil right. finally levels of build up you walked in the door and dropped dead that that is an accurate retelling of the fable of miramoto yes uh-huh what now now i remember that to this day of course right yes. which is it's funny. it stands out it stands it's, out because it was such a uh, a, a stark moment it was like hey this didn't shouldn't have happened at right, the time right. right what now was that a good time to just let the dice fall no absolutely not no this is a that's one of those moments where if 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 i were in charge and i wasn't at the time because i was just a player you weren't you're right <laughs> nobody would have died right there because that's narratively stupid right like right. that is because well, nobody else in the party had the same investment in that specific fight than right. that character. You know what right. I mean? It was your scene, and I ruined it for you. Unintentionally, right? But I did. No, I agree. I agree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's bad GMing, because I was just like, this is what it is, and I, I didn't see it happening. And I could have I could have turned away from that like 10 times, right? I could have had all sorts of other interesting thing, things happen. I could have, even to the point of once you rolled the dice and failed, I could have had something interesting happen. Like, have your, you know, samurai elder spirits come and, like, you know, prevent you from dying Harry Potter style. Yeah. Like, well, and, and also, like, you know, I you, you didn't necessarily say it was like a save or die trap. You just said it was a trap. Roll your save. You know what I mean? You could have <laughs> said it was anything else after the fact. You could have just been like, right. yeah, you take some damage. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I didn't know. I had You no didn't know idea. what you were rolling for, yeah. I could have backed off that in 30 ways. And yet, like, I, and we all understand... I had written down there, like, I don't remember what it was. I think it was, you know, it was one of the high level, like, guards or wards or whatever, like the um, the death version of that that was like a level right. seven spell or something. Um, <clears throat> anyways, the point is, is that I didn't. And because of that, I ruined what could have been a really fun, memorable scene. Now, I will say it became memorable because often things that are really bad are really memorable in the same sure, way. Yeah. Things are really good. It's a good lesson, too. It is, yes. Um, but like when I look at a situation like that, all I think of is how I failed. And then I look at the other situation where death can sometimes occur, which is like, so that was like a hyper narrative moment, right? Now, if yes. you would have died in the fight with the demon, with the bad guy himself, I don't think under that situation, even that's my point. Like to me, that's where, okay, if, if the death is going to happen here, then I'm, I'm okay with letting the dice fall, as it were. Certainly. It makes more sense in that, in that case. Yes, because we're in this really important narrative scene that, that, you're right, needs to have the weight of death behind it. So there, that's why I'm saying, like, like that in that situation, yes, it feels appropriate to quote-unquote let the dice fall, to let the decision be made, to feel that thing you were pointing at earlier. So does it make, does it make you unhappy to know that there are probably people out there who applaud that that moment for you as a gm to to not go easy does it make me feel bad no I because think... that's real right i mean i believe there are people like that i'm sure it makes me feel bad for their players um, you think so or are there players who would enjoy that do you think i i mean who enjoy that that level of of um challenge because that really is a challenge right that's like it's like well anything could kill me so i well, better be careful 
here's what I will say. I can't imagine enjoying it, but that being said, it takes different strokes for different folks. And if if that GM has gotten together with that group of players that enjoy that, then awesome. I'm very happy for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, good that this party enjoys, like, metagaming and playing extremely tactically at all points in time. Because, by the way, you have to metagame to beat that kind of situation. Um, because probably, yeah, probably. your your players don't walk around like SEAL Team 6. Human beings make bad decisions sometimes. Either. I don't know. I played some Shadowrun games that uh, I really feel like the, they were playing a lot like SEAL Team 6, and rightfully so. Oh, I yeah, that's a fair point. Sure. If you're in a Shadowrun game and you all happen to be really well-trained mercs, okay. Sure. Well, I'm just saying the same could be true of a Dungeons & Dragons group. Like, uh, a group what I'm of players that... in there could could be, you know, elites. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Sure, they could all be hyper-experienced. Built, built for, for breach and clear, you know, even <laughs> yeah. though it's at a period of time where you don't really have that such, that kind of a thing. Could they? Yes. Are most parties? No. How Probably about that? not, no. All right. So my my point is, um, that they, I, I think what I, what I would have to say is getting to that demon room, you had to clear a bunch of yard trash, right? Yes. If I had just let the dice fall there and accidentally killed you because of some critical hit or something like that, that's, those things can happen, right? Then, sure. then you never get to the narratively interesting moment because you're just dead. You're just dead errantly to a random shadow demon or something out there in the rest of the castle. Right. Nothing. It kind of, about kind of it. ruins ruins the purpose of of building up to that event in the first place, right? So that's where I feel like the answer is you don't. You can still threaten players. You can beat them up pretty bad. You can take things from them. You can weaken them. You can make them suffer. Like, look. Here's my ultimate point. When people tell me death has to be there and be always present in every moment in all these encounters, if you fudge the dice. You're you're making the game stupid because it has no real way. That's weight. deeply wrong, right? That that's just that's so wrong on so many levels. It I mean, is, but you but I hear that. Like I hear people say that. And here's my point. No, you're making the game simple and you're making the game bad. Because and, and I'll and I'll say why right here. You ready? Uh the Dread Pirate Roberts had it correct. Okay? When he's challenging Humperdink and he and Humperdink's like to the death. And he's like, no, to the pain, right? And he goes through this massive list mm -hmm. of ways you can suffer but live. And why that is far, 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 far worse mm -hmm. than death. And also more interesting. Now, that, that may sound a little sadistic, but... It's uh, way more interesting. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean it necessarily in a sadistic way. I just mean in the same way that, as like people who have played Mordheim the guy who has survived, you know, 10 fights and has a sucking chest wound and yet still takes the field is way more interesting than the dude that died on Battle 2. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Like, that's such an easy argument when you frame it like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's my point is like it, just relying on like, oh, we'll just kill the PCs. It just becomes this like shortcut for not having to do real narrative investment. That's why I say I think it's being lazy. Because you're not thinking about what's the narrative impact of this scene. What what other interesting things could I do? My and, and if and if people listening don't like me drawing it to them, I'm not casting aspersions on anybody listening. I'm casting it on myself. I was being I'll, I'll keep make this very personal. I was being a lazy bad GM when I did that to you. Okay, okay. because I could have done something interesting, right? But I didn't. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're, you're being a little hard on yourself, but it, it does help to be hard on yourself to, to grow from the situation. Um, I like I I can't fault anyone for following the rules. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to fault someone for following the rules in that kind of a situation, especially when you have a lot less experience under your belt. The less experienced GMs who haven't had the opportunity to listen to a podcast like this aren't going to know when it's when it's always when it's right and wrong to use the rules. You know what I mean? So I um, so I can't I can't blame you too much. You were pretty young then. I mean, that was a long time ago. So. It, you've grown a lot as a GM, and you've learned from that situation because I I wouldn't let you forget it. <laughs> of course, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was just bring up like, yeah, you just okay. You might as well just kill me again, right? Right. I mean, and and so to me that leads to the next thing, which is is sort of, which is the availability of things like resurrection. You know, there was this point in like third edition. Be at at some point, and there became a really really deadly game. Right? Like, like, yes, when numbers started scaling high, yeah. Yeah, damage just way outstripped health. Like, it was just so easy to walk up and one-shot people, right? right. right. Yes, the, we, that, that particular group had a couple of characters that would roll over 100 damage in a round at, like, level 9. Right. So, right. yes, wow. I, I, absolutely. I, I remember a character, like, so we used to, during, we, we played 3rd edition for the entire run in my Tuesday night game, and we had a whiteboard beside the table, and we kept a running total over the years of the largest damage expressions. <laughs> okay, I understand what I mean. I don't mean damage total. No, I mean no, your calculations, yeah. The calculations, the damage expression. And the, the, the winner that was like unsurpassed was some kind of insane, crazy, you know, like times four critting, ridiculous, sneak attacking, barbarian monstrosity thing. <laughs> like some physics experiment. Yeah, that was That's like... Great. That this final hit was just like twenty four d six plus ten d ten plus this plus this plus a flat number, and he hit for more than a thousand damage. Right? That's right. just silly. Right? That's sub epic so. level play, by the way. Yep. And <laughs> so, so I don't think that was ever beaten. But I remember young in that. I mean, that's something where you can be like, I think we broke the game, guys. Like, we right? It up. We did something wrong. We have gone off the rails here in a really, really bad way. It's like it's like when you're when you're playing playing some some computer game and you find the edge of the world and then you fall off into the nothing. Right. And you're just like, okay, we took a step too far here. Yep. There was a but but there was early on in that game before I sort of realized what that character was was really capable of, I guess, right? I had the like this is lower level. They were maybe like fourth, fifth level. So certainly lower level, right? And they, there were they were like fighting some necromancer caster, and he ran in the room, and the necromancer was like, "Ha ha, I am evil!" Right? He gave his little evil speech, and the barbarian walked up, hit him, crit him, and hit him for like four hundred and thirty damage. He just and the, chopped him in half, and the guy had fifty-two hit points. <laughs> He, he killed he killed his his necro grandchildren it's like you just killed him eight times over and like that could happen to players too is my point right like that happened to be a player yeah. but there's there's no reason that couldn't go both directions so <clears throat> seeing that that was happening they introduced this spell revivify right which was this fifth level spell that could be cast as a single action and and basically just like was it like the moment after spell or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was the moment after like you died, nope, you're back up at one hit point, right? Right. And when that becomes a part of your daily rotation though. 
yes an issue exactly like this has become we have gone off the rails and that's my point like you've really got to watch this now that's an extreme but really this is literally what was happening in fights people were dying multiple times (laughs) and they're like how many revivifies you got left and being brought back to life this has gone wrong right like that should not be part of your combat oh boy yes so (laughs) oh bob died again in in this fight quick standing back up (laughs) you know you can look at that and just say we learned a lot uh yes yes we did um, and... I think I think what what the what the question like the like the first question we need to answer though for sure would be how do you approach death in your game when you're when you're creating a game? I, I so like where do you think where do you think is the starting point? Sure. I think you that here's here's how I think about it, okay? If we broadly construed it as three buckets. The never die, the sometimes die, and the the frequently die, right? <laughs> Which I've already construed mm-hmm. the two ends. If I'm writing a, a rarely die or a, or sorry, if I'm writing a never die, I'm just going to call comics end that end never die, right? Because for all intents and purposes, you don't really ever stay dead. Um, so if I'm writing a never die or an always die, then I just make those things true. If I'm writing the rules, like in sword and sorcery, everything's bloody. It's easy to die. People are weak. And if you're not careful, you're dead. And the other die, people can have lots of resources. They bounce back from damage quickly. It's very hard to keep them down, right? Like Superman mm-hmm. will get beaten to a pulp. He'll kind of stand up and grit his teeth, and two minutes later, he's fine again, right? He's got some blood on his cheek. Right. And that middle ground is probably your high fantasy slash space opera set areas, right? Right. And so in those, I think the answer is you make death difficult to reach, and you make... And, and like whether or not the ability to come back from death, I think is fine. And by the way, I don't think it's dependent on fantasy or, or sci-fi. I think you can have coming back from the dead in either. I don't think you necessarily sure. Yeah, you can have you can have it in um, whatever. Yeah, any kind of speculative deal. Yeah, like you know, Fantasy Star was uh, the uh, one of my favorite RPGs of all time for for the Sega Genesis was a um, mm-hmm. was certainly a science fantasy uh, science type fantasy game. kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, but they had like. Their resurrection method when you die was awesome. Was, was amazing. Awesome. Yes, they kept they, they kept your entire they kept you on file through the save the save mechanic in a uh, in a clone laboratory. And when you when mm-hmm. like you died, they just whoop run off a new one of you. Uh, like it's yeah. not you anymore, but it's you. Like yeah. we got your brain on file, and we got we got we got a new body for you. Here we go. Deeply disturbing Odysseus's boat argument in that game. Totally crazy, yeah. Um, but it was it was an interesting way to deal with death in a um, kind of a primordial kind of RPG game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what's funny about it too. Did I? I know you played it. Did you get far enough into it to unravel the mystery of your sister knee? No. All right. Well, anyways, they play with the save mechanic and that element of the world in. Oh plot. wow! Nice. Which you're I not love. you're not going to spoil it for me though, are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, because I think All you right, should go cool. back and play it. Anyway, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil a 25-year-old game. I refuse. Jeez, yeah. Um, I mean, I could just mute and you can talk to the people. I don't want to spoil it for them either. Um, so my point is is that, like, I think when you when you think about resurrection, I think that you could have it in the game or not. That's really a statement on what is possible in your world. Is death the end or not? So you need to think about the broader, like, verisimilitude of what your characters experience. Do you have? Do you think there's anything that, that needs to be taken into account that isn't um, tonally based like like something that's not 
based on, well, this is the kind of world, this is the kind of game, etc. Or is there something else there to be thought about? That's not, you know what I mean? That's, that, that, that's not tone dependent um, as far as when you're designing death for your game? Yeah, I mean, I think the more narrative your game is leaning... So, you know, you posed, you posed a point. One of your pushback points was that, that the tactical element of it or whatever, that risk-reward. Yes. Um, to me, that sits on some kind of spectrum with, with narrative. I, those two can work hand-in-hand, hand, but oftentimes they, they can also play against each other. Um, but, but I would say the more narrative you're leaning, in, in other words, the less you're relying on hard rules, right? If that's a fair way to think about it, the more rules light you are maybe. Sure, um, there's no rules on how we have to think about this. I agree. Yeah. Then I think the less likely death should be. I, I kind of think, I don't know, I think on a, a kind of on a similar kind of plane, uh, just an adjacent plane, uh, I, I think maybe, maybe you have to treat death as narratively as your game is narrative. So when, when, when death should come into the game is at narratively relevant moments, right? Right. Um, now that can be often. That can happen often, um, or it could be you know every once in a while, uh, as long as it's narratively relevant. Right. That that that's all I think. Basically. Yeah. That's a, yes. That's exactly what I was trying to capture, and you just summed it up way better than I did. Yes. Exactly. Um. That's good. Then then okay. So 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 that's how we deal with the death death of characters when we're when we're creating a game. Um. Just so think about those things. Right. Yep. Um. So, so do you think there's anything else to talk about as far as death of characters? Do, do we need to, you know, discuss how some players, you have to, I guess you have to watch your, your player base and understand, you know, who they are and how they're going to react to death of their character. Some people might not react favorably to losing a character. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I think that is an important final point to make, which is this, um, especially for me. I, I find it, we've talked about before how I find it hard to make characters, right? Um, and so I, I only like to play characters that I'm deeply emotionally invested in. Right. And <clears throat> if that character dies for seemingly no reason, okay, that is right. To say, you walk into a room and suddenly you're dead. Yes. And, and, and yes, exactly. Um, I am going to be, and, and I don't have a, an easy way to come back. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or I mean, not easy. A way to come back. There you go. Just tell right. road. Period. Sure. Yeah, I'm no, I don't need the word easy. I'm okay if my friends have to go, you know, travel and meet a wise man and pay a diamond and whatever. I don't care. Like, that's all fine. <clears throat> if I have a way to come back, I'm okay with it. But I don't want to make a new character. I'm emotionally invested in this. That's in this character. That's what I'm playing. And when you make someone start back from zero, you're impacting more than just them. They had a relationship with every other character at that table. And they if, had a relationship with the world, too. Yes. And if you're pushing for that lightning-in-a-bottle game, those lightning-in-a-bottle games rely on four or five or six or seven players, or however many you got, all having a deep emotional connection, clicking, and being able to play off each other and have a shared history and a shared vocabulary. They need to be able to tell stories to each other the same way you do with your friends at the bar. And when the new person shows up who has none of that history, it is immediately going to throw a wrench in that relationship. Now, it can get back to good, but it is a problem. 
I certainly think it has to has a, a lot to do with the specific mentality and play style of wh- whomever happens to be the target of the most recent death. You know what I'm saying? Some right, people right. some people react better to these to these kind of things and can really can really step up their game, especially if they they you know didn't feel that kind of a deep connection with the first character. It can happen that the second character might actually fit better with the group. Um, now, no, and that's not necessarily to say you should use death as an out. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I think you should try to tough it out and explore your character a little better, and not, not go to your GM and be like, "Hey, I, I don't like this character very much. Kill me." I don't think that's a good way to go. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But that being said, if you do happen to have a you know, if you have a character that just isn't working, but you kind of like him, but you just, you know, like it's just not working and you've really given it a try. I think that is a fair move, right? I think it's actually fair. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I guess if you have to, why, why, I mean, why can't, get that, why can't that guy live? I he mean, could. why can't you just like go off? Like you He know? could. I'm not saying you have to go the direction. I'm only saying I think it's okay if you just sure. said like. It's a viable out. I, I, yes, I'll take that. I said, I agree. You're right. It's definitely a viable out. Yes. Does, does not have to be your only out. Like, I have done that. You give the character a narratively interesting, relevant death, and you move on because that's intentional. So, yeah. yeah. I spoke out of turn out of, because of bias, because of previous experience. So, sorry right. about that. I apologize. No, everybody, 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 you know. Hey, uh, I speak out of bias all the time. That's that's, that's no, what you this definitely podcast do. is about. Yeah. That, that's, yes, that's why the podcast exists, because you have a bias. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you then got I, it. I, I soften it until it's mush. <laughs> it's a good it's a good uh it's a good trade a good relationship so travis did we just cover everything death related that's more? uh death of characters undesigned yes there you go undesigned all right well thank you very much everybody we certainly appreciate you listening as always email is in the description down below shoot us a note if you want to hear us discuss a particular topic or just to say hi we always like that and as always uh mary tyler moore character died today i'm so sad well now everybody knows what day this is we'll see you next time Thank you.